Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Providing Holistic Care for Hand-Foot-Skin Reaction to Improve Outcomes for Patients on Multi-Kinase Inhibitor Therapy for Colorectal Cancer. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Bayer Healthcare Pharmaceuticals, Incorporated. My name is Tony Bikai Saab. I'm a medical oncologist specializing in gastrointestinal oncology. I'm a professor at the Mayo Clinic. I'm joined by Kelly Rohn, who's an advanced nurse practitioner. Kelly? Thank you. It's very nice to be here. Multi-kinase inhibitors have significantly improved patient outcomes across tumor types. However, the development of hand-foot-skin reactions can sometimes negatively impact these outcomes, especially when it pertains to quality of life and toxicities. Let's discuss. What are the clinical features of hand-foot syndrome reaction? Important to understand that depending on the multi-kinase inhibitor in use, it can occur as early as two weeks, up to six weeks from initiation of treatment. And again, different agents associated with different incidences of hand and foot syndrome reaction. And when thinking about the initial symptoms, they're typically tenderness, prosthesia, dysesthesia, intolerance to contact with hot objects, the appearance of painful blisters followed by thickened skin on weight-bearing areas. So overall, it will affect weight-bearing, range of motion, and overall functioning. So important to understand that there's a difference between hand-foot-skin reaction versus hand-foot syndrome. HFSR is usually associated with multi-kinase inhibitors, and the onset is days to weeks. They look like keratotics, yellow thickened areas, often surrounded by erythema, sometimes edematous. It's localized blisters in areas of pressure or friction, so soles of the feet, palms of the hand, or fingertips. On the other hand, hand-foot syndrome is usually associated with chemotherapy. Onset is usually days to months after treatment initiation. It's diffuse, it's painful edema, marked discomfort, tingling, and redness of palms and soles. Different agents are associated with different incidences of hand and foot syndrome reaction, with regorafenib being with more than 50% having a hand and foot syndrome reaction, and up to 16% or more grade 3 or 4. So important to understand that early diagnosis helps mitigate the risks and the severity of the disease. Would you agree, Kelly? There is actual evidence that patients who have a severe HFSR reaction tend to have better overall, better survival. However, it is important to remember that this is something that should be managed and that patients shouldn't suffer in an effort to improve their outcomes and that if they start having some of these symptoms that they need to call us and let us know before they become so severe as to affect their function. Thanks, Kelly. In the next session, we'll discuss steps for prevention and strategies for monitoring at initiation for multi-kinase inhibitor therapy as it relates to hand foot syndrome reaction. In this session, we're going to discuss steps for HFSR prevention and for monitoring at the initiation of multi-kinase inhibitors. Thanks, Kelly. So prevention needs to start early, in fact, you know, before even starting the treatment. So clinical examination should pay attention to the hands, feet, and try to look at some predisposing factors, thick skin, hyperkeratosis, eczema, and fungal disease. And any identifiable risk factors should be mitigated, treated, and if needed, refer to dermatologists.
We've shown in a recent study that a preemptive steroid cream, topical clobetasol, will actually cut down on the risk of developing hand and foot syndrome reactions, especially the more severe reactions. So in this study, we looked at preemptive topical clobetasol versus reactive, meaning giving the patients the tube of steroids before they start the treatment applied to both hand and feet and areas of risk versus reactive, meaning, you know, once the patient develops the reaction, do it. And we've shown that the preemptive strategy appears to improve outcomes significantly versus a reactive strategy. Once patients start treatment, it should be monitored frequently, especially in those first four to six weeks, but quite intensely, I would say, in the first two to three weeks, meaning on a weekly basis. And they can now be monitored even virtually. Thereafter, I mean, we can go to every four to six weeks as per our standard. So perhaps, Kelly, you could discuss a little bit about how we help educate our patients to improve or mitigate their physical toxicity. So one of the things that I talk to patients about is being kind to their hands and feet, particularly feet. I always tell them to wear shoes outside to avoid stepping on something that might apply too much pressure to one area. Another thing that is important is they need to be educated about applying lotion to their hands and feet. I strongly stress that if they start having any type of tenderness or pain in their hands and feet, that they notify us right away. But what if these preventive methods are not enough? In the next session, we'll discuss patient-focused management strategies for hand and foot syndrome reaction. In this session, let's discuss appropriate multidisciplinary approaches for the management of hand and foot syndrome reaction. But before that, let us understand how the severity of symptoms is graded. Kelly? Thanks, Dr. Saab. So there isn't a particular grading system as far as what we're used to, but because I think this is somewhat subjective, it's important for you to visualize what's happening with the patient. And so are you having slight changes? Just a little bit of dryness is okay. Are they having a little thickening without any type of pain? Usually we would not do anything about that. If you progress into the next grading, grade two, you might start seeing some blistering and some peeling and pain. If you see someone and they have severe skin changes, it progresses to grade three. We want people's skin reactions to be minimized so that they can maintain the treatment itself and still have a good quality of life. So we want to tell them to use a hard-soled foot even or shoe even in the house, cotton gloves, socks, padded footwear, especially after you put on the lotion. You want to use pain management if you need it or even cold compresses. Moisturizers are very important. Topical analgesics, you could do maybe some lidocaine cream like an Emla cream on the areas that are most painful. And then keratolytics, something using urea or salicylic acid that helps soften up that thickened skin. And then if you do have someone who has progressed so that they look like they might be having an underlying infection, especially around the fingernails, you would want to use some sort of topical antimicrobial product to help reduce the risk of increasing infection. When you have a patient who is on one of these medications, it is very important that you have a multidisciplinary approach to their care. The patient is in the center. And then if the patient's on the lowest dose, but they're still having trouble, you might engage the help of a dermatologist to give some other recommendations. In the next session, let's discuss strategies for when dose modifications or interruptions in treatment is needed for higher grades of HFSR.
In this session, let's discuss strategies for managing the higher grade HFSR using dose modifications or temporary interruptions in MKI treatment. Dr. Saab, you had an interesting study that demonstrated how effectively this can be done. Great. Thank you, Kelly. Indeed, you know, one of the most frustrating elements with all multikinase inhibitors, frankly, not just rigorafenib, which was the subject of this study, is that the dose appears to be random for most patients. You know, picking the higher dose, the maximal tolerated dose has not always panned out into the best outcome for the individual patient. And so we took on this study to look at a dose escalation strategy, meaning start with 80, then to 120, then to 160 on a weekly basis based on tolerability. And so in this study, what we've shown essentially is that the dose escalation strategy ends up performing better. We had more patients being able to go to cycle three and continue beyond cycle three, almost double in the dose escalation strategy. Survival was improved, toxicities were improved, quality of life was better. So we hit all the marks, and that certainly led to change in the NCCN guidelines, which added the dose escalation strategy as a potentially preferred strategy for the use of regorapinib in patients with colon cancer. So, Kelly, perhaps just go quickly through, you know, what do we do with these patients in addition to implementing the usual measures? If they do develop some painful areas, then we will hold, or we just don't escalate up, we leave them at the dose that they are. With severe grade three toxicities, you should interrupt the dose for at least seven days or until the toxicity resolves before resuming. With a lower dose, we would certainly encourage the use of clobetazole or other topical steroids to help reduce some of the pain. If you see someone and they have severe skin changes, you would want to to do more aggressive steroid use. And of course, you're holding the medication if it progresses to three. Kelly, that was a great summary. So one of the things that I continually say to patients is more is not necessarily better. We need to find the dose that is the best dose for you. And so we often have a lot of trial and error at the beginning. And patients also feel that they have to have some sort of side effect for the treatment to be effective. And I always stress to the patient that the point of this treatment is to extend your life, not make you feel miserable. And usually once they get to their dose, they tolerate it beautifully and do well. Thanks, Kelly. In the next session, let's discuss patient communication strategies to ensure that the patient is an informed partner in their treatment journey. Let's discuss the rationale for and strategies to facilitate patient education and communication for optimized management of hand and foot syndrome reaction. Kelly, how would you counsel them and prep them for the side effects of multikinase inhibitors? Thank you, Dr. Saab. So I think it's important that you educate the patient about this expectation. One of the things that I stress to the patient is we don't live with you and we're not seeing you all the time. And we have to know when things are changing for you so that we can help you not develop severe symptoms. We also educate them about the time frame. What is the amount of time that we would expect you to start having difficulties within one to three weeks? So it's important that we monitor frequently. We have our pharmacist who calls on a regular rotation as well that starts more frequently at the beginning and then spreads out over time. So we educate the patient to let us know that they're not in this alone, that we are here to help them manage things and get to the right dose. And then again, we stress to them some of the things that they can do at home to try to prevent any significant reactions. Dr. Saab, 
you have anything else to add? Many times we have to involve also loved ones, you know, and then that's the best way for us to be able to reinforce the value of early detection and management. I agree. So when I'm meeting with a patient to talk about these things, impress on them the importance of prevention and not letting it get too severe. We talk about how do you take the medication, what's the schedule, what to do if certain things happen, how to reach the clinic. We also talk about how it's important to head off any difficulties right away and not let them progress into something that's significant. Kelly, thank you so much for a very comprehensive session. So overall, you know, what we've learned all through is understanding first the impact of hand and foot syndrome reaction in patients on multikinase inhibitor therapies. We've also stated the importance of implementing early steps for prevention, for monitoring, and implementing strategies that we consider are holistic, including a multidisciplinary management. Kelly, anything else to add? I think it is important that you clarify for the patient that the goal here is treatment, that these drugs can be taken in a manner that is easy for the patients and can still be effective. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.